Welcome to the Color of Influence podcast, where you will hear conversations from influential people of color from around the world, from social media, and right here in your communities. These behind the scenes conversations will motivate you, inspire you, and encourage you. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. On today's episode, our guest is Justin Hall. Justin and I are in a podcast group together where we bounce different ideas off of each other and let each other know when we have projects coming up. And he recently wrote a book called Aiden Spots about having vitiligo, but he also has a podcast called Grindpreneur. So today we talk a little bit about his book, a little bit about Grindpreneur, and just his life having vitiligo. So without further ado, let's meet today's guest, Justin Hall. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Color of Influence podcast. We are here with Justin Hall. Justin and I are in a podcast group together um, where we share information about our projects. We give each other tips. Um, It's an amazing group that was started a couple of months ago. Well, really more than a couple months ago, but um, this fall, and we have been able to learn a lot from each other and to have each other on each other's podcast. So I want to let Justin introduce himself, and then we're going to get right into our conversation. Great. How you doing? I'm, I'm so glad to, to be here. I'm glad we were finally able to connect today. Um, yes. But my name is Justin Hall. I also go by the Grindpreneur. So I have a, have a podcast called The Grind Chronicles, as well as two podcasts, actually. Another one called No, It's Vitiligo. Uh, stories of the 1%. So with the Grind Chronicles, I essentially talk to a whole lot of uh, entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, um, and trying to get the nuts and bolts on how they started their business. And it's, you know, it's, you know, a lot of podcasts you listen to that have some great entrepreneurs. Um, You know, it's cool to hear Elon Musk talk about how he raised billions, but sometimes it's important to to speak to the local dry cleaner and figure out how he got that initial loan to start his business right. or, or the person that owns the local dance studio and find out how he or she uh, got their first client and were able to stay there for the last 10 years. So that's, those are the entrepreneurs I try to tackle that, that are tangible people that uh, you and I can, can reach out to and, and that have stories that sometimes more closely relate to, to our story, right. um, where where we worked a second job to finance that business, more so than an entrepreneur who raised a couple hundred million in a uh, in a, a first in a, in a seed of investment. So, exactly. um, and then with our, our Vitiligo podcast, uh, I I have Vitiligo, and so I speak to um, a lot of other people with Vitiligo. We are about. One percent of the global population, um, roughly fifty million Americans have vitiligo. So that's actually more cases this year than than cancer. Not at all to compare it to cancer, but most of us know someone who knows someone who has cancer or right. 
Um, and vitiligo is auto immune, autoimmune disorder, uh, like uh, comparable to, say, lupus or uh, 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 arthritis, okay. uh, rheumatoid arthritis, excuse me. And so essentially it's a autoimmune disorder where your, your pigment cells uh, essentially are killing other pigment cells. Um, and, and that causes the loss of pigment. So, you know, with our stories, I'm, I'm trying to do my part in, in getting the word out there, awareness. And, and it's not something, it's not a autoimmune disorder that will kill you or really put you in any kind of discomfort or pain. But what it does create are a lot of mental stigmas and a lot of uh, things that, you know, during the course of the podcast and as we've been working on a documentary, we've encountered people that are shut-ins, people that say, hey, I haven't left my house in, in 15 years and wow. COVID was a blessing because I got to wear a mask and so I started going out more or I I been in my house for so many years and um, with technology, with the DoorDashes and Uber Eats, it made my life so much easier because I didn't want to go out. So it, like I said, it, it won't kill you, but the the mental re- repercussions are, um, you know, uh, enormous. And I personally hadn't had a lot of those battles that a lot of the people I interview have, mm-hmm. but it's important to get the word out there because it's, you know, you, if, if you don't know anybody or know someone, know somebody, you've probably seen someone with vitiligo and, and maybe now you'll know when you encounter that person in the grocery store. And, um, you know, I, I get questions all the time, which is, which is fine, but sometimes other people in our community don't like the questions or don't know. And, you know, people ask, were you, were you burned? Were you hurt? Yeah. It, it, those things. And so it's great to be able to answer a lot of those questions and help spread um, a, a awareness to, to, to vitiligo. Okay. Now, how do you find your guests for your podcast and then for your documentary as well? Yeah. So for the vitiligo, I am a part of several vitiligo organizations. Okay. Um, matter of fact, the, the, I just got back, um, last week from the world vitiligo conference. So that travels around the world. And so I got to meet thousands of people, other people with vitiligo and mm-hmm. uh, connect with them. And, and matter of fact, I've been tasked, it was just announced myself and uh, two other Atlanta community members, uh, Alicia Archibald and Perry Whaley that have their own foundations. I don't actually have a foundation, but the three of us have been tasked with hosting the world in 2023 for- wow. The world vitiligo conference so people from around the world will be I, I live in atlanta georgia so people around the world will be here in atlanta with the uh world vitiligo conference of 2023 it will be june 23rd through 25th okay. so we've already got to work because we we have a lot to do to get to get ready for hosting this event i mean it's equivalent to hosting the World Cup or the Super Bowl, much smaller amounts of people, but still the same amount of events and festivities. And we're catering to people that have traveled all around the globe to get here. Yeah. Um, World Vitiligo Day is always June 25th each year. Um, so 
the, the event normally falls over the course of those, you know, around those days, June 25th. So, um, so just being a part of groups and communities, how I meet people for that podcast. And even before, um, when I first started really meeting people through groups, um, there was text lines and chat lines. This is 2011 and 12, but now with social media, right? it's so, there's so many vitiligo groups, so many chat groups, pages, um, with my know it's vitiligo, excuse me, podcasts and a documentary page. I have so many people that contact me through there on Instagram or, or, or other places. So it's, um, you know, so, so we were able to stay connected and meet people. When I meet people at events, I ask them, you know, do you feel comfortable telling me your story or, you know, and I want their story to help other people. We, and that, and that's the main reason behind the podcast. Um, during our last World of the LIGO uh, meeting, we, we had breakout groups and we had some groups with just men and just women and um, meeting with both groups afterwards. A lot of the women spoke about, you know, that you weren't in relationships saying, you know, I feel it's really hard sometimes just meeting people or approaching people with vitiligo or people don't approach me because of my vitiligo. Mm-hmm. And they say it has to be so much easier for men. But meanwhile, across the conference area and the men's breakout groups, men were saying the exact same thing. Man, I wish I was a woman because it'd be maybe more acceptable if I wore makeup. And mm-hmm. I feel if you're a beautiful woman, it's so much easier to be approached. And men and women were saying the exact same thing, but they felt it was easier for the opposite gender. So with our podcast, when we talk to people and talk to groups and with the documentary, we want to show that it's so many things similar and also get the story that also too, that you'll find too, that a lot of those stigmas are things you created yourself that most people aren't that's not their concern when they're right. talking or meeting you. And most of your family and friends don't even realize you have vitiligo, whether you're have 10% pigment loss or hundred percent pigment loss, you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and, and sometimes those un those harsh truths that we discover in our, our groups and within our podcast that, Hey, sometimes maybe it wasn't the world. Maybe this was you to a certain extent. You know, if you yeah. haven't left your house in years, maybe maybe it's not the world. Maybe it's you. Maybe we need to work on those parts to see what what's what's going on. Yeah. So, so you talked a little bit about like the mental health aspect. Yes. Now, how do you recommend um, that individuals go to someone who has vitiligo? as a therapist or is it more of like a specialty like how would they find someone yeah i think i think that is very hard and honestly i don't know if there are any um i'm sure there are but i don't know of any particular therapists that have vitiligo and and what happens um you know a lot of people when you do see a doctor or specialist that is aware of it doctors have teams and um collections of therapists that they recommend that they feel would good it's just like going to a good doctor a doctor i went to at one point she had a never 
seen anybody, never seen vitiligo outside of a textbook. And B, she had never had a patient um, of color ever. <laughs> so, and I realized that was just not a good fit for me. So you, you also have to um, find somebody that's a good fit for you. And, and, and hopefully if there are good therapists or psychologists, psychotherapists, they, they have dealt with other things that um, ail people physically that, so they should be able to hopefully connect with you in, in there. But I do recommend always, if you could see somebody to talk and part of what I travel around speaking about is the power of telling your story. Mm-hmm. Telling your story within itself is cathartic and helpful. And so many people that I have urged to go on stage and tell their story, especially their vitiligo story, it helps them because it's healing just to say it because you start you processing it and saying some things out loud, help you realize maybe some things that maybe you took a misstep in. And you look at it from outside of yourself when you're saying something out loud, like, wow, I can't believe I really refuse to go to this wedding because of my vitiligo when you say it out loud. And then also you meet people and have people in the crowd that say, oh, I was just like you. The one thing I found with vitiligo is most of the people you speak to, because it is such a small minority of us, even though. 1% 1% is a lot in the, in the scheme of 700 billion people on the planet. So if, if, if there's almost a billion people with it, that's still a lot of people. But in the scheme of things, most people don't have neighbors or friends, other friends from Fidelago. So the thing is, a lot of people think, oh, it's just me going through it. No one else feels like this. It's, it's, just, it's just me. And so when you tell your story, you realize that, it's not just you. There's so many other people that are going through the exact same thing that, that you, that you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. So with the popularity of Winnie Harlow, has that, do you feel as though it has positively impacted the community? We hope so. I mean, now you're starting to see commercials with people. You'll see um, commercials. Nike has a big ad with a not only she has vitiligo but plus size model with vitiligo that um, I've seen. I've seen the big billboard with her, and I've seen it other places on Nike as well. So it's getting acceptance, which or getting that helps because that also it's going to bring attention to the disorder and how it can be corrected. Like I said, it won't you won't die from it. So that also keeps people from investing money and time into a cure. Right. And I spoke to a doctor who specialized in vitiligo at our conference at the end, in the end of June. And he said that he specialized in a, I, and forgive me, I forget the disorder, um, but it's not autoimmune, but it's a disorder of the brain. Mm-hmm. And this will kill people, not to take away its seriousness. But he went to a conference for, and this disorder only affects like 0.004 of our population, very small minimum. But he went to a disorder, went to a conference, and there was almost 3,000 doctors that have begun specializing in this brain oh, wow. disorder. And they realized at the conference that there is almost 
there was almost like a one to one doctor ratio in the in the in the U.S. of right. doctors that specialize. There's almost more doctors that specialize in this order than there's people actually getting this the this order, mm-hmm. which is not to take away from the seriousness, but it also made him realize that in the U.S. there's only five specialists that work with vitiligo. I mean, there's dermatologists all over that have seen vitiligo, but doctors that have made it their career path yeah. for vitiligo, there's only five. Wow. And so that's compared to in the U.S. roughly 40 million people with vitiligo and, and growing. So the thing is, it's the awareness. This other disorder, um, I should know the name, but it has more awareness and it's linked to a specialized kind of brain cancer. So there's foundations, there's organizations, there's there's dinners, there's all these things that go into it. So the awareness and the people trying to get into the field and the money, which is always important, is right. there. So yeah. with Winnie Harlow and people in commercials, it, it does help. And we're starting to see the change. But um, and even if it's not a change for just a cure, if we can have a change to help the mental um, aspect of the disease that would be even in even more help because there is a high there is a large number of suicides linked and, and and we can't always say it's just linked to the vitiligo but if you look at people that have vitiligo and compare them to people that are not based on um, that have committed suicide mm-hmm. you, you can see a high trend there so it's it's so I I'm ecstatic with the Winnie Harlow's and we're trying to get the Winnie Harlow's and the people that have it to our conferences to speak, to get that awareness out there. Yeah, that would be great. And that was going to be my next question. Like, does she attend the, she uh, has not attended one yet, but we are working on that for Atlanta. So any of you, we have made some contacts, anybody listening that has a, a bug or ear to someone in her, tell her we would love to have her in Atlanta for June 25th in Atlanta for the World Vitiligo Conference yeah. of 2023. Um, so we definitely have been working on her as well as some other bigger named people that that have uh, vitiligo as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully someone can make a connection and she ends up showing up and you know, being your keynote speaker or whatever you guys need her to yeah, do. We, we yeah, we would we would we would love that. Um, yeah, we we have her and two other people. We have, and, and you know, it's kind of weird. There are some celebrities out there that we know for a fact have vitiligo, but don't express it, don't share it, mm. and they cover it up with makeup. So when we have reached out to them, that makes it kind of hard, right? Um, but you know, through through the world of Instagram and social media you know, not every picture you take or someone takes of you is in this day and age, are you always going to have a hundred percent makeup done or a hundred? So we're starting to see these people. So our hope is that they would love to be a part of the organization or part of the convention Mm -hmm. and and speak because we think they would share, shed so much light on it too, and also help other people. Um, You know, I, I spoke to a woman last convention who's husband was in a horrible car accident and the police came together because it happened close to her house. Mm -hmm. Um, And she lives in like Philadelphia. So it wasn't that far 
police knew the husband knew her showed up at her house so like ma'am your husband was in a horrible car accident four blocks over she couldn't even open the door for the police because she had no makeup on no and no one had outside of her husband for 12 years had seen her without any makeup on yeah and so it was really touch and go for her husband at first but thank goodness he made it but if he hadn't made it she would have not seen him because it took her three hours to get to the hospital because she was she couldn't face leaving her house just in her her state that she that she was in right and so you know our our goal in having especially people that have higher profiles that you know don't go anywhere without a stylist or makeup artist if they could come out and say look i i've had vitiligo for 10 years it's 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 you know it's normally covered and you if i can do it you can do it yeah and and you know and also it's you know there's other people of non color it, it affects everyone the people I'm gonna of, ask that like is this something just that affects people of color no, just the stigma is probably more there with people of color because it's so much more noticeable okay. because when your pigment disappears, right. you look completely different. And and, and and there's people there of non-color that you could definitely tell and see. And in the conference this year, it was great. There was so many people of non-color and that spoke. And I, I personally learned something because I was taken aback of hearing how many of them said, um, you know, as a young or not young man now, but middle-aged gentleman that had vitiligo since birth and, and mm-hmm. he, he was white and, you know, it wasn't super noticeable, but noticeable enough. And, and also he was some, some of people where it affects them. If you have vitiligo where your hair is, you, you'll just have white hair there. So as a child, I could see how that would be disturbing and kids didn't understand. And, and that affected a great deal of his life. And yeah. I assumed uh, when I met him, his, his head was shaved. And, and because I see lots of people with vitiligo on a daily basis, I could see where it was at in his hands and in his face. But it really, from across the room, it was not that noticeable. Oh, yeah. But, but he proceeded to tell me how it affected his his life, how he did not date until his thirties and, and he feels like he missed out on so much of his life because he didn't, you know, he, he didn't play sports as a kid because he didn't want to try out because he was the kid with the white patches in his hair and the white. So, you know, the stigma is there, but when you see somebody of color walk into a room, it's definitely, it's, it sticks out and, and they probably get the questions first. Um, but you know, we see many people of non-color, the actor, John Hamm, um, from, uh, Mad Men and several other movies. Um, if you, if you look at, if you look, he doesn't wear any makeup. I mean, unless he's acting, you catch him a picture of him. Look at his hands. He has completely no pigment in his hands and you can see it in his arms, but it's not as noticeable. Joe, Joe Rogan, the podcaster. Same with, with, with him. So, and you see, we're seeing a lot more people of color, I mean, non-color with it and speak about it. I think it's great yeah. that I've heard both of them talk about it. Um, so we need some of the people that are of color and I, I won't, I won't call anybody out, but there's people we know, you know, specifically that we've been working on to 
speak or give a message um to have them turn up without any makeup on yeah which would be which would be wonderful now do you feel like um there's a like divide between people who go out more natural and then those who are always covered up like the lady who couldn't leave her house uh yeah well this was now it changed her so this was a couple of years ago so now she's out you know is out the conference and now is out daily without makeup on okay and she is somebody who you know i'm probably 30 percent loss of pigment like my hands and my face but and my knees but most of the rest of my body i'm pigmented so okay. I, I don't necessarily think about it, but she this particular one she's a hundred percent loss of pigment mm. so i okay. think it also comes to a point where she was going through that transition that made it tough yeah but it also comes to a point where you just literally can't cover your whole body in makeup right <laughs> as a regular person i mean there's I've heard of people even using things like spray tan and other things, but that's not, that's not obtainable every single day of your life. If you have, if you have a job or you have a real job, right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we see the difference and we try to encourage people. Now I will say um, with vitiligo, you, you have to be careful. The sun is not always our friend, especially if someone of color or anybody, but of color, you have the the uh, melatonin and the pigment that has that helps that absorbs the sun and helps you. It's part of your powers of a, as a black person or a person of color. But when you when you lose that, it does. You know, I I will most people burn very easily. Okay. And and, and you know, and with me, I feel temperature. Like I probably with no pigment in my hands, I probably feel hot water on my hands faster than someone that had pigment on. So those little, little things. So we have to be yeah. careful in those aspects, um, you know, when you're out, but, you know, we're, we're hoping and we can encourage people to, to, um, you know, be out there. Yeah. And also give them the power to be able to answer questions because there's so many people that, that don't know what it right. is. Um, when I speak to large groups, I tell them the story when I was 15 years old, uh, my vitiligo had not shown up, but I had a classmate um, who had gotten into some trouble and went to, at the time in the 90s, they called them boys ranches, which were essentially juvenile detention centers. Right, yeah. And he spent some time there. And when he returned to school the following year, he had vitiligo and half of his face was no longer pig pigmented, but it was just half of his face. Mm -hmm. And so it was so many, you know, you would hear the whispers behind him, even from teachers and people and adults, and no one knew what it was. And a lot of people said, you know, at that boys ranch, they experiment on young black oh, boys. My goodness. And they said, or they say, you know, someone poured acid on him when he was there. And, and so such people started treating him as such as someone that had been experimented on or had acid poured on him. And he didn't have the tools to know what vitiligo was. He didn't know. He right. couldn't answer the questions. And when people would ask him, he said, well, I don't think anybody experimented on me. And he said, well, how about when you were asleep? 
when, you know, what did they put in your water? Wow. <clears throat> so he, you know, and I wish I could go back. He went through all of that time as a young adult, as a teenager and young adult, not knowing what it was. And his family probably didn't have the means to take him to a specialist or a dermatologist to find out at least even the name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately with him, his story didn't get any, any better. That trouble continued to manifest and get worse until he was getting into, you know, adult trouble that you can't come back from. Right. Yeah. And so, but I think now 20 years, 30, 25 years later, that if we had known or somebody was able to empower him and what he had, how different his life could have possibly right. been. So, um, so this that, is something uh, that could just show up out of nowhere and you don't know that you have it. Yeah, it could just show up now, you know, it, a small, a higher percentage is sometimes linked to um, heredity, you know, okay. someone else in your family, uh, but it, it, it could just show up and we don't, and the science has not been behind it to tell us why, mm-hmm. um, but things affect it. Your diet can exacerbate it your stress level. Um, the higher stressed I am, the, the more pigment I lose. So, you know, those things. And I think about the story I just told you, I'm sure he was under a very stressful situation going to a detention center for a year. And I'm sure that it might've been there before. And that's what brought it out. So. Yeah. I can see that being very stressful for him. Yes. Yes. For anybody. So before we finish up, I do want you to talk to us about agent spots. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That you have. So here is, we have Aiden spots. Um, it was actually written by my wife and I. And so before the pandemic, I uh, was, was linked to a lot of schools across the Southeast that were doing anti-bullying campaigns. Okay. So they would have me come speak. Yeah. Uh, and very rarely did I meet um, a child with vitiligo. I almost never. But during my talk about acceptance and how you can be different and have the confidence, so many children would come up to me afterwards and say, I think I'm gay or I'm being bullied because my, my family's homeless and other kids know my family's homeless or. Yeah. Um, you know, we're having other uh, other problems. My parents are gay or all these other things that were manifesting into them being bullied. Mm-hmm. So I took some of that as well as the questions I would get, especially in elementary schools where you burned. Did did someone did you get hot water on you or is are all of our skin is everybody's skin that color under the color? And um, so I imagined if I was getting these questions, what would it be like for a child getting these same questions in elementary school? Right. And, and I had the tools to answer them. And um, a lot of children won't. And from what I've learned past experience in going to schools, unfortunately, a lot of adults don't. You know, yeah. high schools, I speak about anti-bullying. Teachers come up to me and ask me about vitiligo and say, oh, I've never seen that before I saw somebody in the grocery store, I assume they were burned badly. Can you tell them? So we wrote, rewrote Aiden's spots as a story of Aiden's first day in school and him getting all of those questions 
um, about his vitiligo. Now, Aiden is, and within the book, Aiden is fortunate enough to have a a well versed teacher who knows about vitiligo and is able to explain it to the classroom as well as explain it to him. But so it's it's about and and it's and we wrote it as for young children, mm-hmm. but we wrote it as educational as possible. So there's charts in there, there's graphs that shows how it affects your pigment because we want to give them the tools to actually answer the question, but in the simplest form for elementary. Right. Things. We want them to know that it's called vitiligo. We want them to know it affects 1% of the population. We want them to know that you won't catch it if you share a cubby with, with somebody or share a locker with somebody. Um, you won't catch it if you touch somebody or give them a hug that has vitiligo. So we, we want them to understand those things. And, and also from the other lessons I got being in a 110 schools, um, you know, the inclusion that, that every, essentially everybody's the same, right. especially as a child, every, every child is essentially going through the same angst and, and questions and, and issues. So we, we want to show the inclusion, but also um, we geared it towards vitiligo. So hopefully this will empower some children and some parents to be able to um, answer those vitiligo questions. Because, yeah. you know, our goal is, yes, our goal is to get into as many elementary schools, libraries, public libraries as possible. We've already sold to quite a bit of doctors and dermatologists who are buying it to put in their office or to give to um, give to clients yeah. and patients. So it, it's to give them, you know, an entertaining story, but also empower them with that message of what vitiligo is and also that message of inclusion as well. Yeah, I love that. And when I first saw your book, when you posted it, it made me think of um, Fresh Dolls. And I don't know if she's out of Atlanta, but she is a Black-owned doll maker. Um, And I was like, if they partnered, like that would be so cool to have the doll to go with the book. Oh. Yeah. I I let's make maybe you can help me make that connection. I'll look. Let's make that connection. That would be okay. Great. I mean, I don't know her personally. I follow her on social media. Oh, and okay. I reached out to her, but um, yeah, I'll try my best. Um, yeah, fresh dolls. I, I'll I'll look her up as well. That would be, yeah. So that she, would be great. Mm-hmm. She's a doll maker. Um, and I thought about it. I was like, man, that would be so cool if they could connect some way and you know she partnered to make a doll that would that i would love that i'm yeah. gonna work towards making that happen that that would be great yeah because i just saw the thing that made it click was barbie just came out with this inclusive line of dolls yes. um and one of their dolls has vitiligo so yes yes i've seen that yeah so i was like okay that would be cool if you know, y'all could work together. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm, I'm gonna fresh dolls. Fresh dolls, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna try to make that happen. Yeah, and I'll send you um the link to her Instagram and and everything to make sure it's the right one. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm excited for that. Hopefully, that partnership can yeah. somehow happen. Um. 
I recently did an interview with Marissa, who works with Target, uh, different Ooh. Black-owned companies in Target. And um, there's a couple of doll companies that are Black-owned that are in Target. Um, so that's kind of like my next step is to like oh. to some of them too. Um, but on Instagram, she's Target While Black. And she works with different companies to get them connected to Target to get their stuff in Target. Wow. So thank you. Target, I will look her up as well. Or if you could yeah, make that introduction, because we'd love to get the book. Yeah, in, absolutely. Target as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So I will definitely be that, you know, mediator in between to connect you with them. Um because I, I think this is great. I mean, there's a lot of things that we don't think about that, um, you know, affect so many people. But yeah. again, when you hear 1%, it doesn't sound a lot, but it really is a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. You, you, When you think about, and once again, when I give this analogy, not to diminish the seriousness of cancer, but everybody knows someone who has cancer or knows someone who knows someone. Right. Exactly. And, and if this year alone in the U.S. diagnosed cancer was uh, was like 18 million, but vitiligo was like 37. So it's it's double just shows you that there there are a lot of people out there exactly. with, with it. Yeah. 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 So I again, I will make those connections for you when we are finished. Thank but you. I absolutely appreciate you taking the time out this afternoon to sit and talk with me about this. I think it's very um, informative because there were things that I didn't know. Um, like, for instance, I really thought it was only people of color um, mm. who were affected by it. So I know that my audience is learning a lot from this and hopefully they will get the book. Can you let everyone know how they can connect with you after this episode? Yeah, so uh, the Instagram is no, it's vitiligo. Okay. But you can buy Aiden Spots on our website, which is spottedskin.com. So S P O T T E D S K I N.com. Okay. Um, and you can purchase, purchase the books there. And this is the first of, I don't want to say a trilogy, but we have Daddy's Skin, which will release um, next month, essentially, is parents explaining to children their vitiligo and, and their oh. kids. So we're trying to tackle it from all aspects. And now as I'm a new parent and I haven't got that question yet, but when it does come trying to prepare myself, you know, maybe not from your child, but your child has friends that are probably going to ask, why does mom or dad's skin look like that? So, yeah. Um, yeah. All so, right. Yeah. So again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I get this information was very informative Everyone go out on Instagram, check out the website, go on Amazon. You can find the book right on Amazon. Uh, yes. Yeah. So get that book, take it to your kids' schools for their classroom. If you know someone personally um, who would benefit from the book, tell them about the book or buy the book. Great. Thank you. And we um, appreciate it. You're welcome. 
And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow us on all social media platforms from YouTube to Facebook at The Color of Influence and on Instagram, the underscore color underscore of underscore influence. You can check out all of our episodes and additional content on our website, thecolorofinfluence.com. And that's an in only for influence. And don't forget to share the podcast with someone you know and have them share the podcast with someone they know. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, peace out.